free Kevin Clark after two and a half weeks of isolation. That's all. <laughs> that's, 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 the way, that's the way to put it. What it is, what it do, this is Rambling, your Rams podcast that gives you insight of the team and news around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from Los Angeles, California. I hope everyone is staying safe, staying healthy. All 32 teams, they're preparing to get back to their facilities and start training camp later this month. So I wanted to bring my next guest to the podcast to help sort through what that looks like and what the Rams need to be to start this season. So with that, he is an NFL writer for The Ringer. He is the host of Slow News Day. He previously covered the NFL for the Wall Street Journal. He says he botched a selfie with Bruce Springsteen, which is so unfortunate. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at by Kevin Clark, where you can find photos of him standing on a golf course without Bruce Springsteen. Kevin Clark, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. What, how did you botch a a photo of Bruce, yeah. like that's terrible. So I, I actually laid this story down for a Ringer production one time and it never saw the light of day. And one day I wanted to because the actual photo itself is very funny because it's just awkward looking Bruce Springsteen. Essentially it was in 2013, I was at play and I saw Bruce Springsteen. And this is like a 10 minute story, I'll boil it down. I saw Bruce Springsteen. I decided I wasn't going to do anything with Bruce Springsteen. It's like at the, the cutting edge of selfies. Like we weren't really like 2013, you weren't really like totally well-versed in selfies at that time. Okay. True. And I saw Bruce Springsteen and I was like, I'm just going to let this one slide. I love Bruce Springsteen. But I'm, you know, listen, he's at a play. And then I saw a couple other people come up to him and get a photo. And I was like, well, this is, this is permission. I mean, he's obviously taking photos. So I did it. And then as I started to do it. The security guard at the theater came up and was like, we're shutting this down. And I was like, this is going to be a line of Bruce Springsteen people. And so he kind of pushed me, not in a, a bad way, but kind of just pushed me and said, let's, let's get moving. And that was as I was hitting a selfie. So I have Bruce Springsteen just like ear to ear smile from a terrible angle. And I'm not in the photo. So it's almost, so it. but you got a photo of him, which was really, I got a photo of Bruce Springsteen. Just the selfie really him. solidifies. It's like, Oh, you were there. Maybe you just put yourself in. Yeah. So really Bruce yeah, Springsteen looked, tried to take a selfie with you and he failed. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Yeah. It's Bruce's fault and not me for not knowing how to hold the phone in 2013. Anyone who needs PR help, just call Matt. He will be there for you. Just yeah, anything. I, can that story. I, feel, I feel much better about that story now. Thank you, Matt. Um, someone you should not push. Let's get to it. Aaron Donald got another yes. 99 overall rating on Madden. This is his fourth straight season. I was thinking this was a record, but then Matt's got to go and throw over, you know, as a producer, he's got to check everything, all the numbers. Apparently Peyton Manning probably six straight seasons. So I would say that's great. Peyton Manning also probably deserves that. Um, Mm -hmm. But Kevin, in your sense, is there any other player besides Peyton Manning and Aaron Donald um, (laughs) who deserve a 99 rating? I mean, AD wears 99, I assume, just for Madden. (laughs) No other reason. Yeah. No, I mean, over the past six years, no. I mean, if we were to start taking bets on who will have 99 for six third season, that's a different discussion. It starts with Patrick Mahomes and all that stuff. But as far as just being that consistent over the last six years, it's really him and, and no one else. You know, I mean, I think that 
a couple of weeks ago, I had some of the pro football focus guys in my podcast. So we just wanted to answer the question, who's the best player in the NFL? And Sam Monson, who was on the pod, said it was Donald. And the reason was just because he's so much better than the second best guy um, at that position. And and the second best guy at that position over the past six years changes every year. It's been Fletcher Cox. It's been some other folks. But it's not like there's some, you know, there's not a, a Brady to his manning, so to speak. Um, it, it's not a 1-2 or 1-A, 1-B. Uh, when you're talking about interior dominance, it's just Aaron Donald. Um, I saw PFF the other day said that he was the highest graded defensive player last year. Cameron Hayward was, I think, two full points behind, um, and then T.J. Watt behind that. And so I, I, it's – yeah, it's clear cut at this point. I think that he doesn't get, in a weird way, a couple of years ago, I think he got the credit he deserved. And I think that we just stopped talking about him, which is true of everybody. I mean, I, last year, you know, he battled some injuries, but I thought we didn't talk enough about Patrick Mahomes during regular season last year. You know, I mean, it's it just the NFL moves so quickly that we forget about pure dominance sometimes. And it's always good. I don't even really play Madden much anymore. Sorry, Madden. But I, it's, it's always good to have, these sort of conversations just to remind everybody how dominant he is. For sure. And I feel like to your point, right? Quarterbacks always seem to have all the glitz and glory for yeah. obvious reasons. I mean, they've got to know everything, but I mean, I, I would put money that Aaron Donald could do anything on offense and or defense and or coach and or any, you <laughs> coach, know, he yep, could wrap GM. the whole, like, whatever. <laughs> yep. He could do a podcast. He could do public relations. He could just do whatever you need them to do. Aaron, stay away from all of us. We do not want you to take our jobs because you'd probably be better at all of us for everything. Um, when it comes to the Rams, though, we've seen a lot of questions heading into this season, like how's the defense going to look with the new DC? How's the offense going to look with the new OC? And so, like, from my experience, right, there's always, like, that diamond in the rough that comes out. No one notices him until he finally gets some game action. It's kind of like – I think of that 90s movie, um, she, like, She's All That or whatever, where she puts makeup on, all of a sudden everyone notices her and she gets prom queen. Like, who is that guy? And I'll give a couple examples. Like, since coming to Los Angeles, Cooper Cup kind of was that yeah. guy. Last season, I'd give that prom king to Corey Littleton. He had his splash. Um, Leecher Report has corner Darius Williams as a sleeper. Running back Daryl Henderson has been mentioned a lot as this sleeper. Uh, Cam Akers, another running back yeah. from Florida State who they just drafted, could also be this man. I could also really see Van Jefferson showing up because he's sort of been compared to a Cooper Cup and a Robert Woods and seeing Cooper Cup's success in this Sean McVay offense. Like everyone's just do your part and we will take care of you kind of thing. Um, so I don't know if you've thought about like, oh yeah, I'm not going to tell anyone because of fantasy football. But if you wanted to share it here with a bunch of Rams fans who are going to listen to you, who would you kind of put your thought on? Like, I might watch this guy a little bit more this season. This may seem like the obvious answer, but when you started that question, I immediately thought of Cam Akers. Uh, yeah. He was the most el elusive running back in the draft, uh, according to PFF, last year. Uh, you look at that backfield and you start to feel much better about it. I, mean, I think that I'm not a huge proponent of the run game. I'm one of these sort of new age analysts who, who thinks, let's not get into the running back debate. But one thing I do know is that in Sean McVay's offense, running the ball does matter. And I think that, that there's no question about that. We can't actually get into the running back value debate within Sean McVay's system because it does matter. Yeah. And so you have Malcolm Brown, you have Henderson, who I, I think is still a great fit for what McVay wants to do. And obviously he's going to be in the second year this year. And then you have Cam Akers, who's going to be really elusive. So I'm starting to feel much better about that backfield. Um, maybe it's not going to be vintage girly uh, this year, but 
It doesn't have to be. Um, that, that sort of production um, will, will, it's hard to come by, but in order to replace him, you're going to need three really talented backs and they have that. And you wish Todd Gurley luck in Atlanta. I, I dig that answer. I think also Cam Akers, you know, with the fact that Florida State had a pretty dinged up offensive line yeah. with the Rams last season having a pretty dinged up offensive line. I think there's like sort of like security there. Like, well, we saw what he could do, obviously at a college level, but you come in with guys like Whitworth who are at least going to be your steady horse. He never gets dinged up ever. He's like, don't worry, I'm, I'm still here. I'm 80 years old and I'm holding it down on our line. So um, I, think that's a, I think that's a solid answer too. I kind of agree with you there. Now the Rams are going to be gearing up for training camp, but there's also hard knocks. That's going to be around um, for the Rams and Chargers. So who is the player or coach you think will be trending by the end of the first episode? <laughs> Wow. Okay. So it, this is really, you know, schemes aside, this is really where you, you miss Wade Phillips. I'll say that. Yeah. Really where you miss Wade Phillips. Totally. Um, I think Jalen Ramsey's got a chance to become even more of a, of a star. I really like Jalen Ramsey. I've spent like a lot that. of time with him down in Jacksonville. Um, just as what's on his mind. We, we, we've known uh, that he's, he's a, a, uh, a free spirit in, in, with, with media and we'll probably see that behind the scenes as well. I, from from my perspective, I think this is one of the most interesting. And by the way, Andrew Whitworth is the other candidate to just be an absolute I like superstar. I think because I just think he's really funny. Um, but I, I have I think a lot of hard knocks now kind of run together. Um, even last year, I think there was some criticism with Antonio Brown um, not being covered a lot uh, with the Raiders stuff. And from from when I look at this, I might be more excited about this hard knocks than I have been for a long time because of just the chaos of getting through training camp. Um, you know, the owners are meeting on Friday and we're going to see what the protocols look like, but this is a different training camp we've ever seen. This is not going to be a normal training camp. It's not going to be like, you know, when, when they go and they just show the Raiders at practice and it's Derek Carr throwing the ball, whatever, it's going to be COVID testing. It's going to be guys in isolation. And, and, and obviously the safety and health of those guys is, is paramount, but I think that just showing what that looks like in the, the so-called team bubble is going to be really fascinating. There's a reason the NBA bubble is, is going, it already is almost like a meme factory. You know I mean? It's guys fishing, it's guys playing golf. I mean, these guys are going to have different lifestyles than they've ever had because they're trying to, to maintain health and safety. And I think there's going to be probably some, some really interesting storylines coming out of that. Maybe like the strength and conditioning or like, the Reggie Scott, like the guys who are kind of managing all of these health and yeah. safety protocols. This is this is Reggie Scott's time to shine. Yeah, he's a, he's a bubbly <laughs> guy, and every time he gets on camera, he makes me laugh. So I, yeah. I think I think he'll have a chance to live it up. Also, Someone I wouldn't count out Brandon Staley. I've heard Brandon Staley's a a character and has quite a bit of energy. So yeah, Brandon Staley, be. New DC. Yeah, he might be. He's so. But when you see him in person, he's totally like. Calm, cool, collected, kind of stoic. But apparently the guys, like Jalen has said this, Troy Hill has said this, that they're like, oh, man, love Brandon Staley. He's crazy. Like, he pumps us up. And I'm like, what? I saw him in the cafeteria, like, the first yeah. week he got in here. It was like just a little wave, you know, arm wave. So, yeah, I could see maybe like, a, yeah, someone in that group that's not coach or and or player that just has a fun nickname for the COVID-19 that we're like, yep, that's what ends up trending on. Yeah. 
I like that. Um, all right. So what makes me happy? So I actually wanted to give a shout out to our, our new assistant coach, um, not necessarily new to the staff. His name's Tori Woodbury. He's a former NFL QB. Then he became an assistant scout for the Rams after hanging up his cleats. I know him personally. He actually used to sit and watch film with me and kind of teach me some of the X's and O's coming from ESPN where I kind of covered all sports. So I just want to give him a shout out because I know that journey was not easy for him. However, this offseason he was promoted and now he's an assistant coach for special teams. He used to just throw the ball to all the DBs and give them their reps and stuff like that in between his work as a scout. So want to give him a shout out. So I know Rams fans kind of behind the scenes always appreciate these things. But I don't know, Kevin, you might have um, you might know some other story ideas. I also want to pick your brain if you know anything on Jalen Ramsey, because you were around him. Any stories you have to share? I always like these like behind the scenes kind of stories. So if you have anything to share. Oh, you know, I mean, I, I, one thing I'll say about Jalen Ramsey, and this has nothing to do with anything except to say that I, I think that the, the idea of him going through the list of quarterbacks and describing, and this is with GQ, and I've talked to people around him since then, and just, just and describing every single one in detail might be the funniest media moment of the last decade. And just saying, this guy's trash, this guy's trash. And I will say, you know, he was a good, and the reason I was around him in Jacksonville for about a week was I was doing a story with, on Blake Bortles. And, you know, Blake, Blake is there now, and, and, and you've interacted with him. And I would say Jalen Ramsey, for all the criticism that Blake Bortles got, and that was part of the story I was doing, which is how Blake was able to persevere through it all, Jalen was a good teammate. And I think that that could have really gone south with a lot of those guys. And at times it did. At times, um, you know, there was – there were – we heard it where there were some guys in Jacksonville who were saying, you know, what's up with our quarterback. Jalen Ramsey it publicly was not that. He wasn't that in that interview. And I think that that was a, a really interesting side note to the quarterback criticism is that Jalen Ramsey stuck up for Blake Bortles when he did not have to. Preach to that. He is actually, I've, being around him the last season, I, I, I've only seen him be very supportive to his teammates. I think, you know, you kind of see guys helmet off and they act a certain way and you're like, even Todd Gurley, you know, got a rep for the way he carried himself at pressers. But for all I know, I, what I've seen, that dude was one of the best teammates, you know. So I, I, I give you that with Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, I'm very excited to see this season because now he's got a year under this belt. Like he's ready to go. He's ready to improve himself. He's been working out a ton. Even in the off season, I would see him just on like the bike putting in the sweat. And I'm just like, Jalen, is that you? Like, what are you doing here? And he, I was like, don't you train elsewhere? He's like, just hanging out here. So shout out to Jalen Ramsey. All right. So some news around the NFL, everyone's getting ready for training camp. Have you heard any, I don't know, unique, stories or information and how teams different teams are handling these protocols realize that it's coming time but we're all sort of waiting well I mean it's so fluid right now that yeah. it's hard you know I am trying to think of story ideas for this year for the next yeah. five months and every time I start making a call or I say hey what about this guy or this profile the conversation within about 30 seconds, no matter who I'm talking to, whether it's a coach or, or a agent or whomever is, well, you know, he might be good, but also like, where are we going to practice in three weeks? You know, I mean, it just, there's so much uncertainty that I'm sure you feel this, that preparing for the season 
is almost an afterthought um, because they're just trying to get through the next month. And so what happens if you're in a, a quote unquote COVID spot or, you know, a place where, where it's, it's centrally located right now. And, and, you know, Florida is one of them. Um, certain uh, Southwestern states, yeah. uh, Texas, you know, the, the owners meeting on Friday, I think will, will dictate a lot of what happens, but, at some point, does a team just say, hey, we're going to go out into the middle of nowhere and, and get a hotel and get a field and just have training camp? Um, and and I, don't, I don't know anything um, because, quite frankly, I don't think many people know anything. And I think that they, the NFL did not anticipate this um, resurgence in yeah. July of 2020. When, when they start, there's a reason that they, they didn't have a bubble set up. There's a reason that they don't have – an NBA-style bubble or NHL NHL-style bubble, which is in kind of you know rural Canada, I guess, um, or Edmonton. I'm not sure what the NHL bubble is. Sorry, hockey fans. Um, but I know it's in Canada. No one of them is listening. Don't worry. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, well, they're just they're so amped about that hockey bubble they that they're are. not even ready for the Rams season. <laughs> they're just ready for the. Is it? I think it's in Edmonton. But um, but it, it's it's just those leagues knew they had to come back early and they thought there might be some, some lingering cases. And I don't think anyone really isn't the NBA wasn't prepared for an outbreak in Orlando or else they wouldn't have gone to Orlando. They, Orlando took the safe choice two months ago. So everything is so fluid mm-hmm. that to say this will happen in three weeks. Uh, I don't think anybody knows. Yeah. My vote is if they have anything like I've thought about this for the NBA bubble or when they have, like if they have fans or don't have fans, I would love to have other teams who have been quarantined watch the other games play and then we'll mic those guys up or amplify their voices. Like comparing like right now with the NBA bubble, let's put Russell Westbrook and have him mic'd up watching a Lakers game and just have yep. like, maybe there's something we could do this with other teams where maybe it's like, Oh, four teams are going to play against each other at one time and they've all quarantined. Let's get the other two teams to watch and just like smack talk. That would be, this is my like goal in life to watch this. <laughs> like, yes, this more is more microphone. The answer to everything is more microphone. More microphone. Absolutely. More microphone. Um, more Patrick Mahomes too. And more money for this guy, Pat Mahomes on the cover of GQ magazine after signing a half a billion dollar contract. The biggest question for me is, do you think Dak gets on the cover of, like, Esquire or, like, Men's Health then? Like, is this the subsequent for the GQ? Yeah, I, I haven't. Um, I, no I, knock I on Dak Prescott. He's no waiting for Dak. money. Well, a, a, little, a little bit of a knock on Dak Prescott, I think. It's, it's a little bit, a tiny well, bit of a knock Pat on Mahomes Dak won Prescott. a Super Bowl, so I'm giving him the benefit of Here's the doubt. Here's what I'll say. I think Dak Prescott is in the running at some point to be on the cover of Forbes or Fortune by the way he's betting on himself, okay? That, that's – instead of men's health, he's going to – it appears to me he's doing kind of the, the rich man's – rich the elite player's version of what Kirk Cousins is doing because I think Dak Prescott is better than Kirk Cousins, um, which is just playing the franchise tag and trying to get to free agency and then getting all the money in the world. Now, the only downside of that – is what happens if there's a sharp drop in the cap and you reach free agency in, let's say, 2022 or 2023, but the cap has gone down $50 million and you end up making the same amount that you would have this year and if you would have just taken the Cowboys deal. Um, 
I think that that's, that's literally the only downside. If there's any sort of cap growth or the cap just stays the same, there's a real debate right now about how they're going to smooth the cap because we, we know for certain that there won't be 100% fan capacity. So how do you, you know, with and, and TV deals are kind of TBD. So you're going to lose that, that revenue, the, um, the, the fan revenue. And so I don't know what the cap looks like because, again, the players and, and, the, and the agents and teams don't know what the cap looks like. But I think that Dak Prescott is – I, I think Dak Prescott's plan is exactly right. There's just a small downside. Yeah. He couldn't have planned this. This was not his fault. <laughs> this is not – none of I, – I can safely say none of this was Dak Prescott's fault. <laughs> you can blame a lot of other people, but it's not Dak that would Prescott's be quite, fault. That would be quite a take if it was – this, this is Dak Prescott's – this is Dak Prescott's fault. Stephen A. on first take. <laughs> Just real quick, uh, looking at the Pat Mahomes deal, do you think this is kind of just a one-off kind of instance where this happens, or do you think it may set a trend for these kind of team-friendly deals that allow these, uh, you know, them to sign these big mega contracts and also keep high-paid, high-quality players around them for years to come and, and maintain that? So I think it's its own thing because how many guys realistically need to be under contract for the next 12 years and are so confident in their abilities that they're going to lock themselves in for, for over a decade until 2031. It's really just Patrick Mahomes. And maybe you say there's an argument for Deshaun Watson, but that'd be for, for less money. Um, maybe, maybe there's an argument for Dak Prescott. But that's just, again, it, that, that's the whole different thing. Um, but I think that it, it is in money going to change a little bit because it just it, it raises the floor for the Watson contract when that happens. It raises the floor for the eventual Prescott deal when that happens, whether that's for the Cowboys next year or some other team the following year. But I think that Patrick Mahomes is an unprecedented quarterback, and this is an unprecedented deal. So I don't necessarily think that – I don't think that the next time a young quarterback comes up, whether that's you know Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson or whomever – um, for a deal, I don't think they're going to say, give me Mahomes' deal. I just don't – I think most teams are going to say, well, that's that's the MVP and Super Bowl champion who throws perfect passes and, and you can't defend it. Those guys are going to make a lot of money because Patrick Mahomes made a lot of money and because they're brilliant quarterbacks. But I just think that he's in a different category altogether. He's as close to a sure thing as you can get in the sport of football. And if you're going to lock up anybody for a decade, you, you take him. He survived the Madden curse. Like he got injured and then he healed the and curse. won a Super Bowl, so it was fine. That's that's why I would pay him. I just if I was that's his agent, why. I'd be like analytics, right there. There you go. All right, Maddie, it's time. Are we doing it? This is our Serena's socially distant social segment. Um, and if you've been on Twitter even once in the last week and a half, you may have seen cakes everywhere. Everything you know and love is a cake. Your shoes, your remotes, uh, fruit, veggies, everything is a cake. So my question to you, is there like an iconic movie scene that would just absolutely ruin you if the plot twist involved the main person, object, whatever, turning out to be a piece of cake? Like an actual, like I'm cutting through. Think Star Wars Episode Four. Yeah. Luke's yeah. hand gets chopped off. And, sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, and it just turns out Luke is cake the whole time. It's like red velvet wow. cake. <laughs> wow. I mean, it makes um, me think about Dexter differently, the show, like where they cut through the orange peel and it's like the beginning of that show. I'm like, oh. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was actually, I, I didn't know. 
So I was going differently. Like, what if certain things, like in Scarface, he's got all the drugs oh. on the table, and then it turns out that the, the whole time he was just dealing in cake. He was obsessed with cake. <laughs> he was just the whole thing. All everything he was trafficking was just was just carrot cake. That's all. That would it was. be great. Like it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Cops, like yeah. FBI, just sugar. Just cake, and then the, that's how the movie ends. Is uh, this is all a big misunderstanding? Right. Yeah. Scarface would throw me off. I'd try to think about a football. Happy with a sugar high. Like if we put Rudy in here somehow, and yeah. if he made the last play and like scored the touchdown. No, Notre Dame like, turns yeah, out to be. Just a big cake yeah. football field. Yeah. That's all I could even think of. It is kind of weird. Matt sent me the, the tweet of all the things that people have made cake, like an onion and I was like, well, that's not okay. That's going to throw me off. It's really time. frustrating. I've, I've been like second guessing everything in this? my apartment, making sure it's not a bakery item. Because <laughs> you've been baking in your sleep. There are, there are bakers among us out to deceive us. Yeah. It's becoming more and more you apparent. Have you have to take every precaution. Might be sourdough bread. Uh, all right, last segment of this podcast is Say What. So, um, Kevin Clark, since you're in L.A., we're all in L.A., um, the alliance was formed. The Rams joined the Greater L.A.'s uh, other 10 professional sports teams. So, you get 11 sports teams, the Dodgers, the, the, all the other sports teams I can't think of right now, the Clippers, the Lakers, the whole shebang. Um, they're basically going to embark on a five-year commitment to combat social injustice. Um, Player Equity Fund and LA84 Foundation President and CEO Renata Simril, I hope I don't mess her name up, she said in our Say What quote, we're really trying to change systems here. We're trying to be engaged in this long-term and change the communities which we're supporting. It's not gonna happen overnight, but the teams are committed to stay with this alliance, this partnership to make sure we're driving impactful change to the communities who need it most. I think this is, the awesome idea, like pulling all the sports teams together to be like, all right, we got to say, we got to do something. Cause I, I believe like we've seen sports across, you know, the past handful of months really be like, okay, this is a problem. A lot of, especially in football, majority of those players are black and brown. And so for them to all be like, we really need to do something and figure it out. I'm, I'm all for this, especially given they're targeting young like teenagers and follow their plan is to follow and track some of these young 14, 18 year olds and, and track their process to make sure it's kind of like LeBron's program in some way, but in the greater LA, I'm all for it. Um, have you, have you heard about any other leagues or any other cities I should say doing this type of thing or what are your thoughts on this overall on the Alliance? Yeah, no, I think it's great. I think it's great. And I think that one of the things we've learned from the past month is that, most teams and most superstar players are, are realizing that silence is not an option. And you, you know, I think that you saw more leadership from a lot of athletes than on these sort of issues um, than we have in, in uh, previous uh, times that we focused on social justice. And so I think it's, it's great. And I think that, um, you know, we, we need more of it in sports. Yeah. Preach of that. That takes the cake. 
got it in there. Um, no, that's it. Also, <laughs> I, you, you said you weren't going to try and tie it back to sports, and you went right to Rudy, by I the did. way. And just wanted to throw that out. Thanks, Matt. Um, thank you. Appreciate your time, Kevin. That's it. Another oh, episode of Ramblin'. Great. This was easy. Ramblin' in the books. Make sure you hit that subscribe button as well as we'll be bringing you more episodes throughout training camp. And Rams fans, don't forget, if you want more Rams, more Rams everything, we've got another official Rams podcast led by J.B. Long called Rams Revealed. His most recent guest is the Rams backup QB, John Wolford. That guy is a character. It's a great listen. Lots to learn about that guy. So take a listen. In the meantime, stay safe and healthy, my friends. And Kevin, thanks for your time. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you.